Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. This is your place if you are launching your career as a nurse or are preparing to launch. If you're growing into your role or growing into a new role, or if you're seeking to thrive or just need a little refresh in your work as a nurse or your life as a nurse. Living your best nursing life doesn't just happen. It takes energy and dedication. On this podcast, you will have the opportunity to learn, live, and love all the experiences of being a nurse. Nursing is truly an amazing journey. It's your amazing journey. It's your license. It's your career. It's your job. It's your reality. And it's your certification. It's all about you. You will get strategies and stories, inspiration, information on how to live your best life in this podcast. This is all about helping you stay fresh, energized, and making sure that you are your best self on the job. And when you're off the job, when you finish that day shift or that night shift, or your day is done. And this is about today, tomorrow, and your nursing future. So hang on. Thank you for being here with me on this amazing journey that we call nursing life. Hi, I'm Natalie Dietry, your host, and thank you so much for being here with me today on the CareerWise Nurse podcast. I have to say that I've had a bit of a pause in producing episodes, and that's because 2023 has really taken me to places where I never thought I would go. One particular journey that I didn't expect was a whole lot of extra breast cancer screening. I just want to give you a little bit of my experience. It started in February, and I'm going to continue to talk about this a little bit so that everyone who's listening can hear my patient perspective as I have encountered healthcare services that were centered on me over the past couple months. And then I'm going to build some other episodes out to talk about reflection on my patient experience. And even where a nurse probably would have helped me in my encounter a little more than the experiences I had where I wasn't meeting any nurses. I was meeting techs. Some were great. Some were not seeming to know best practice, but did their thing anyways. I tried to advocate a lot for myself. I tried to ask questions because what I found is when I was being screened or scrutinized, I didn't know a whole lot, and so it's been a big learning curve for me. It started in February when I had my routine mammogram, which I tend to do every year in the winter months, never before a holiday or a birthday or some celebration, where if something needed to be investigated, it would take up all the space in my mind and not allow me to focus on the milestone or the special time of the year or season or event that I really wanted to be focused on, which had nothing to do with a breast cancer screening that is seemingly routine. So I went in February with my prescription for my mammogram, and I did the screening, 3D, 
yes, insurance won't cover the entire 3D mammogram, but that's okay. Send me the bill. I'll take the 3D mammogram screening. And I've come to love the portal, the MyChart portal, because it gives me information right away. So I had my mammogram screening, same place I always go for the last many years, and go on my way. It was a morning appointment. I'm done. I leave. Buy myself a coffee and go home. Well, on that was a Monday. On Wednesday, I had a notification because, of course, I want those MyChart portal notifications to come up right away rather than be presented in a summary at different times in the day. So I see I have a new message. And it basically says, I have a new order. And it was for magnification views on one side. So right away, I called and scheduled, and they got me in same week, a couple days later, for that mammogram that needed to be magnification views. And, you know, I was a little bit heightened in my, I was a little nervous because I've never been called back before. Even though, well, even I've had diagnostic mammograms a couple years ago. So I went in and I said I had that, the magnification where they wanted to look for, look more closely. And I wait in a room and the doctor comes in and says, we need to biopsy that site. She had just looked at those diagnostic images that were taken on mammogram when I came back in for the recall imaging. Okay, great. So they say, go home, here's your instructions, and you call someone to schedule. Well, great. You know, I'm a little nervous. I'd already reached out to a former colleague and friend who had been a navigator for many years at the hospital where I get my mammograms all these years. Because I was, of course, super curious and nervous. What does this mean? And she gave me all kinds of background and really gave me some assurance that this happens often that people get called back. Well, I talked to her before I came in for the the recall images. So I get the information at the for the biopsy. I call, I schedule. It's the next week on Tuesday. Great. Pretty fast, you know, as fast as they could schedule it. Really not fast enough for me because now I'm super nervous. Okay, is this a malignancy? What's happening? Maybe it's just stage zero pre-malignancy DCIS. All kinds of things are going through my head. I didn't do any reading. I just did whatever I needed to do in my busy life. And suddenly it was Tuesday. I go in for the mammogram guided biopsy, the stereotactic biopsy. And I'm not getting very technical because I think I'll trip over the words. And I just, I'm not here to talk technical. I'm here to share my experience of what it's like to be on the patient side. I really didn't expect to be on the patient side when I went in on Monday morning for my screening mammogram, annual mammogram. But a week later, I'm there for the biopsy. I'd never had a biopsy. I'd never spent time in the imaging suite or saw the table you lay on and how they do a mammogram when you're lying horizontally to mark the spot and do the biopsy. Overall, it wasn't a lengthy procedure. It wasn't too painful. I was consented by the doctor, which I like. And as I've gone through this experience, I definitely notice when the provider or the person doing the procedure consents me versus the tech 
Of course, I'd rather the provider took the time to sit with you just because I, I feel like that's important and you all probably have your feelings about that or know what you see and what you don't see when you're with a family member or getting healthcare for yourself. I like to be consented by the provider. So the doctor explained a little bit of what was going to go on, pretty standard language, nothing too specific that they were telling me, pretty much boilerplate risks and benefits of the procedure. I, I consent. The lady who was the mammogram tech, of course, was so sweet. The people that support the providers, I just could hug them all. They've been great to reassure you. Because as a nurse working in oncology, I said I didn't really know much about imaging procedures, biopsies. I really had no idea. But the lady who set me up and did everything to help the doctor, purely an angel. The doctor did the procedure. They get you in position. You're laying face down. Your breast is getting squished on the side they're going to biopsy. I had to stay really still. And she says, I can tell you're moving away. I must have been lifting up, but I'm anticipating they're going to put a little lidocaine in there to numb the tissue. And it kind of stings and burns, right? When you get a shot in your mouth or anything's numbed on your skin. I was sort of anticipating it and I I was probably moving away. But once I felt the little sting, the pinch of the needle going in, you really don't feel anything else. They did the procedure, got the tissue. The doctor's on her way and I'm getting my shirt on or getting dressed. And then I had to go for a mammogram. So I got dressed, walked down to the place where they do the mammograms, the women's center. It's not the same as the biopsy center. And I'm on my way. I had asked the doctor how long it would take for results and she said a couple of days. But the next morning, Wednesday, I got my results and it was benign tissue but it was considered high-risk tissue, so she said, you need to go see a surgeon. So I went to a surgeon, and um, it took me about five weeks to get into the surgeon. And I was switching from the hospital where I always had my mammograms, mammograms and where I used to work as a clinical trials coordinator about 15 years ago, to the hospital near my house, because that's where I knew of a breast surgeon who, who was well-known. And I'm have known many people who had surgery by her. So I'm switching systems. And it took, like I said, about five weeks to get in. I get there. She does the whole spiel, writes everything out, does some drawings, gives me the history on high-risk tissue and its evolution into cancer, and that my risk is a little higher, like 20% chance of cancer, not so I'm like one in five rather than one in eight women to get breast cancer because of what they found in that biopsy in February. And she says, you got to get an MRI done of your breast because we want to just look for anything else. Well, I did the MRI of the breast and it took two attempts to get it done because of insurance. But I got it done and it was about three weeks after I saw the surgeon. And of course, the next day, the results drop in my portal before the surgeon even really had a chance to go over them. Because remember, these doctors are seeing a million patients a day, and when they get notifications or reports, they're not waiting for them like I am as the patient. And as I go through this experience, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I have to advocate for myself because I said everyone's busy doing their job. 
but I can't stop thinking about, oh my gosh, I've got to get more information on this report and it says I need biopsies or these areas are hard to access. You have to do it in surgery for one of them. The other one, you need a biopsy. So what I got out of the report is for the MRI, from the MRI in middle of April is I have to get more procedures. So right away, I call the hospital near my house that I want to go to to get the ultrasound done. That is the first recommendation for these two places that the MRI said are suspicious. And then I go to the ultrasound. It takes about a week to get in. And of course, they can't see anything. So the next thing is they have to do MRI-guided biopsies. And only on one side are they able to really do an MRI biopsy, according to the report written by the breast imaging radiologist who read the MRI when it was done in April. So by the end of April, I've had the ultrasound. It doesn't show anything abnormal. It just, nothing is visualized compared to what was on MRI. So I get scheduled for an MRI on one side that's accessible for MRI-guided biopsy. The other side, we aren't doing anything with it now. It might be able to be followed up with another imaging exam, another MRI down the road in a couple months, just not touching that right now. So I go on with my life. I pick up a daughter at college. I have this appointment in a couple weeks later in early May to get a biopsy on the left, MRI-guided biopsy. And I know it could be cancer or not. I'm trying not to put my whole life on hold immediately because something needs to be discovered. Plus, the hospitals couldn't get me in any sooner than the second week of May. So I am in a hurry to get information. And no one can meet my urgent need. To me, a couple weeks is too long. But like I said, I had a few things going on in my life that I wanted to do. And I decided, okay, I'll wait till the second week of May to get that biopsy on the left, MRI guided. It's all going to be okay. I started with my screening mammogram in the middle of February. Now we're at the middle of May, second week of May. Time flies when you're having fun or when everyone's busy and you're experiencing your own emergency. Somehow, I kept my level of stress under control, had a few distractions, good and bad, in my life, and we were in May. Second week of May, I get that biopsy on the left. They didn't even attempt the right because the report from the MRI said, the right side is too far back. It cannot be done by MRI guidance. Needs to be a wire placed and a surgical biopsy. So in the OR. I already knew I needed to have surgery on the left because that high-risk tissue they found in February from the mammogram abnormalities that were biopsied, the calcifications that were new on my screening mammogram that were found and biopsied, that required surgical excision. When I saw the surgeon in the end of March, she gave me the explanation of what she would do for the surgical excision of those high-risk tissue areas. Once we get the MRI done, though, to see if anything else needs to be done. Well, my MRI, of course, had me a little nervous. I had great support from my friends to calm my nerves. And one friend even came to watch one of my kids' sporting events just to kind of be there and hang out. And boy, I really needed that because 
even sitting in the stands, I was pretty drained that evening from reading the report in my portal Wednesday morning, the day after the MRI that showed two areas that were suspicious that needed to be biopsied. So friends got me through. And my exercise got me through to this point. And I have a supportive spouse. I have a sweet dog. I've developed some coping skills to manage my stress. A lot of that is through exercise and trying to get sleep. I get to the second week of May. It's time for the MRI-guided biopsy. And really what happened is the MRI-guided biopsy for the left side was very stressful. I was consented by the tech, not the doctor, which I already told you my bias. I want the provider to consent me. I didn't ask to be consented by the doctor then, but I certainly noticed the difference in the delivery of service when it comes to consenting. For the biopsy on the left side in the second week of May, I had to lay face down and I had to hyperextend my arms. I felt like, as one friend said who'd been through an MRI-guided biopsy, felt like Superman pose. I was in a Superman pose. And I had to lay there for 45 minutes to an hour. My shoulders were hurting. I have a right shoulder that's kind of stiff and needs some more rehab from an old injury. But I had to hyperextend. I couldn't put my elbows down. And I had to lay there. And I was being slid in and out of the MRI too. This is my second time getting an MRI because the first time was when I had the breast bilateral MRI in April. Now it was for the biopsy. And it was a long time laying there face down, arms really stretched out. They had to get me in a position so they could actually get the suspicious area visualized, prepare it for biopsy. When I came out of there, I knew I was going to cry when my ride was there to get me because it was so stressful laying there. The thoughts that were going through my head when I had that biopsy, the MRI-guided biopsy in the second week of May, were, this is awful. And I had waves of emotion going through me. I didn't bawl. I didn't have tears. But I had big waves of emotion because as I laid there, I thought, this has been quite a journey. This could be cancer. I didn't ask the doctor how suspicious she was of a malignancy. But it wasn't something that they were going to reevaluate on MRI later. It was to be done now. Remember, I already needed to go to surgery for the left side that was the tissue in February that was high risk. So they're pretty interested that on what else was going in what else was going on in my left side. Going there for that biopsy, laying there in the Superman pose for 45 minutes to an hour not being able to relax my arms. What got me through was a few little crazy games that I did in my head. And the lovely MRI tech who came over and was rubbing my left shoulder and putting a warm blanket on me while I waited for the biopsy to be done. So again, the support people helped me a lot. And yeah, those waves of emotion, they definitely hit me since I'd gone on this journey. And here I was getting an MRI-guided biopsy. I don't have any basis. I don't read MRIs to know how serious this was. Um, I had a few other doctor appointments in there between the um, just routine stuff, healthcare. And it was kind of weird to tell them, yeah, I have to have an MRI guided biopsy for a suspicious area in my breast. But I tried to keep people informed because 
no matter what the outcome was of that biopsy in the second week of May, it would be harder to share really bad news if I hadn't primed anyone for what I was going through. And also, what I hoped is that during this breast cancer screening journey where they were biopsying me or doing the MRI, I wanted to share my experience so that people would have an opportunity to be aware. Or if you, you know, when you're a nurse, we don't really think about the patient side if you're healthy, if you just go for routine healthcare screenings. I know there's a lot of people that do have serious healthcare needs and they manage them and they are used to being patients. For me, that was a new experience. I felt cared for by the people that I interacted with, even in that stressful MRI guided biopsy in May. And I just turned my brain off and trusted the providers. I had to call out the tech who put my IV in my arm before the MRI guided biopsy because she definitely didn't scrub the hub on that little IV, like the lock, you know, the little extension set is what I want to say. And I told her after she started to flush the line, I said, you didn't, first I asked her, are you going to scrub the hub? And she didn't do it. And I had just been a hospital educator a couple years ago. And I know the rules about scrubbing the hub with alcohol before you insert a syringe into any port. It's not just my rule or the hospital where I worked, their rule. It's the rule of greater infection control. So I kind of lost my love for that tech. And I don't feel like she was doing, she wasn't performing best, best practice. And, you know, I took that feedback to someone that I met in that healthcare system. Because I do care that people get good care. And I don't like seeing shortcuts. But, you know, the people that supported me through it, the techs really were the ones that made me comfortable and helped me to be reassured as I went through a, a process, the last biopsy in May, that was a little bit frightening to me. Never mind the noise of the MRI machine and the length of time I had to lay there face down and that I, they had to reposition me to try to get everything in place so they could actually access the area they needed to image with the MRI scanner and get the tissue. I had a lot to reflect on even to that point when I had that first MRI guided biopsy. What's your patient experience? How were you able to prepare? And have you shared it with other people? Because I really just feel like it's so important to share, and that's what I wanted to do for you today. There's more to the story, so please tune in for the next episode of the Career Wise Nurse podcast where the tables are turned, and I'm telling you my experience as a patient over the last few months. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Connect today with the CareerWise Nurse podcast community. Do this by emailing belong at careerwisenurse.com. That's B-E-L-O-N-G at careerwisenurse.com. Join the CareerWise Nurse Facebook group. A link is provided at the bottom of the page. Leave a review for this podcast. Scroll past the episodes where you will see write a review. I read every review because I want to know what you think, what you want to know, who you want to meet to help you live your best nursing life. Tap on the stars to rate this podcast. Thank you. Talk to you soon.